Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we continue our walk through the scriptures. And today we're going to broach a, script, broach a subject about the unknown God. And we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 17 and uh, going to discuss or study Paul's talking or Paul's uh, teaching on uh, preaching to the to the uh, uh, Athens people or Athens uh, uh, saints that he came there and he began to recognize and begin to speak to those things that he observed there in Greece. Um, first, I'm going to talk about two ways to reach us. First, if by mail, you can write us at Pastor Eric 523 at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric 523 at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. Again, that's Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. All right, let's, let's go now as we study it again. We're going to study today in the book of Acts, and we're going to start in the 17th chapter around the 22nd verse. And again, the reason why, one of the reasons why I want to bring this up is that in our day and in this season um, that we're living in now, there are many beliefs and there are many things that are uh, being offered up as uh, uh, counter, as the, I, will, I will call it a counterculture against Christianity. And I've heard it many times, by the, many times, many times repeated rather, that there are many ways to God. And we are all free and in this country, we are free. You are free to choose your religion. Uh, you can be uh, 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 study Islam. You can study. Uh, um, you can study Christianity. You can study Hinduism and all the other religions that are out there. And those are just uh, three of the of the major ones. But we know there are hundreds, if not thousands, of religions that you could study. But I believe, and the Scripture holds us the same, that Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If any man cometh any way, <laughs> if you come up any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Because he held himself out as God. He held himself out as the son of God. A seed, a word that was spoken to Mary when the angel uh, spoke to her. And so the hail Mary, they are highly favored above women. And the angel went on to tell her that God, that she would bear God. She would bear the seed of God and because the Holy Ghost would overshadow her and she would become pregnant and bear a son whose name shall be called Jesus. And so he came, Jesus came, the word came as, a, as a, the book of John, First John talks about, St. John rather talks about how that in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word, amen, was made flesh, the word walked among men, the word uh, lived uh, 30 plus years, the word uh, was was demonstrated. The word demonstrated the love and the kindness and the power and what uh, God had for us as a people. And I'm talking about all men. Jesus didn't just come for a certain sect. He didn't just come to the Jews. Yes, he preached to the Jews first. However, he came for the whole world. And we all know that famous scripture of John 3.16 where it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him should not, would not perish, 
You can't, if you will believe on Christ, you cannot perish if you will stand in faith, but shall have everlasting life. So as we begin this teaching, I will, again, I want to just uh, brace out some points about this as Paul talked to the, uh, the, the people there in Greece. So let's go now to uh, the book of Acts 17, 17, 22. And Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that all things ye are, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotion, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. So Paul begins to talk to them here in the 22nd verse. First he says, he says, I perceive. So he, Paul stood back and he and and he looked, as he went around Athens, he saw the people worshiping and ha and having many gods, and uh, I believe that's called in in uh, in culture uh, a deist, where there are many gods, there are many uh, uh, beings to be worshipped. So Paul is saying, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious, and I know in our days, if you can you consider superstitious, you know there are superstitions that people. Uh, uh, derived from traditions of uh, how that uh, if a black cat walks across the street in front of you, that you're going to have misfortune or bad luck. If you break a mirror, that uh, you actually were breaking the people, person's soul, so you would have seven years of, of calamity or bad luck in your life. All of these were just traditional sayings because somebody broke a mirror, something bad happened to their life or in their life, and therefore they uh, uh, ascribed that or gave that power or gave that black cat undue power. He's just a cat walking across. The cat was seeking something on the other side of the road, so he went across. But what I'm trying to, uh, what I'm trying to, point I'm trying to make here, that superstitions usually arrive from traditions where men out of themselves, whenever man seeks to uh, worship God from himself, man has a, begins religion from himself, amen, that's called idolatry because man creates the image that he wants. But when God comes down to man, that's called relationship. Jesus did not come to start another religion. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. He did not come for superstition. He did not come for religion. He did not uh, come to continue the old way of doing things. But yet he was the fulfilling of all of the law and all of the 613 things, 613 uh, uh, tenets or 613 laws uh, that made up the law. He fulfilled every one of them perfectly. And some say, well, why did God send the law? As I said often enough, the law, as the scripture says, without a schoolmaster. And basically, a schoolmaster is a teacher. That's what scripture is called. He, he's a teacher. The law is a, a schoolmaster. The law was, is not bad and was not bad. The law was not, uh, the law was not against us, but what the law was for us, it was a schoolmaster or it was teaching us that we needed a savior. Yes. The Bible talks and it talks about uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not have any other God before me. And only known for those 10 uh, commandments did uh, Moses bring back to the people. And many of them, they kept the letter of the law, but they did not keep the spirit of the law. When the law was raised up in uh, the book of Acts, I mean, in, in the book, when Jesus walked through uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
one of the, the men said, well, you know what? I don't commit adultery. But Jesus went on to tell them, said, look, adultery is not only when you commit the very act, it's when you even think about, you look and lust upon a woman, or you look and lust upon a man. That also is adultery, and you have not even physically touched that person. So when we're talking about the, 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 the unveiling of God, we're talking about a God that wants to have relationship with us. And this is what Paul, as he began to talk to them about what he observed when he says, I perceive. Then he goes on to say, for I passed by and I beheld your devotions. There are many people who are devoted to their religions. They, they pray uh, uh, many times a day. Uh, people, they sacrifice. They give a life of, of, of poverty and willing to give up everything so that they will have relationship with this God that they perceive or with a, with, what a man gave to them. And then they said, okay, you know what? This is a, a, a pure way of life. This is a better way of life than what I've been living. So they give themselves these tenets and these uh, commandments and these laws so that they would, in their flesh, say, well, you know what? I'm living better than, 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 than John Doe down the street. I don't do like he does. I don't curse like he does. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't uh, uh, kick the dog and, and beat the cat. I don't do those things. But yet and still, the laws that we build, the, re the religion that we create will not get you to God or the God that these people knew was. They knew there was a God. That's why they called him the unknown God. So it goes on to say that 1723, it says, For I passed by, beheld your devotions, and I found an altar with the inscriptions to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. So Paul begins to tell them that you worship a God that you don't even know. And then he goes on to say, I am going to declare this God to you. And see, when God first introduced himself, over in the book of Genesis, it reads like this. It says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is Genesis 1 and 1. God did not give a history. He didn't give his genealogy. He didn't talk about uh, uh, where he came from. It just says, in the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. I being God speaking, saying, I created the heavens and the earth. I'm God, and there is no other. And we're going to go, I'm a little hit on myself. But as I speak to these things, I'm telling I'm. I'm trying to build the case that God wants relationship with all of us. He just not an image or a a a a, a idol that's on the, on your shelf or idol that's built out of stone or uh or looking into the heavens and you know as men they worship the sun, the moon, the stars because they knew there was some awesome being that created this earth and they desired to worship him and to please him. Because they realized it was an awesome force in the universe that created all that they could see. So they, they, they desired to worship. Although they didn't have the knowledge of it, yet the Bible says in all of us, there is a knowledge of God. And that's over in the book of Romans, how Romans, around the, uh, Romans 1, uh, 18 to 22, how it says that we all have a knowledge of him. Although we may not all reside on the same level as far as our knowledge of God, we know that there's an intuition within all of us that God placed his, I call it the God place. There is a God place in all of us that we seek to feel. Some uh, uh, answer the call when Jesus 
And the word of God begins to pull them and tug on their heart saying, here I am. Come, worship me. I'll bless, I'm here to bless you. I'm here to, to comfort you. I'm here to give you a deeper relationship. I am the God of peace. I am the God that, that revealed myself in my son. Come. That's what Jesus said. Come unto me, all ye that are laden and are heavy laden. I let a burden and a heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is what Jesus is saying to us today, and this is the message that he desires for us to give to the world, that there is a God that if you will receive the call, if you will humble yourself, the Bible says over in the book of Romans, it says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved in the book, Romans uh, 10. He says, whosoever, if you would answer that call, you will be saved. I was saved because I called upon Jesus Christ. And I know, as I said earlier, that there are others who, they have other gods, they have other religions. And in this country, I say again, as in, uh, unlike some others, that there is a state religion. There is a religion of the, uh, uh, of the region. And if you go against the religion, you are subject not only to be uh, ostracized and criticized, you could be killed because you decide that, you know what, this is not the path that I see for my life. And many uh, uh, Christians have had to flee because they, 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 they answered that tug. They answered that, that, that truth that was revealed to them. For Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. God is not unknown. He's not an a, a absentee father. But he is a God that's in this world now. Some people say, well, you know, where is God? Where is God when all of these young children were killed? Where is God when tornadoes and hurricanes and typhoons and all of these things come and sweep over islands and, and come down through the, up through the coast and, 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 and tornadoes destroy houses and, and, and churches and, and uh, uh, all such buildings and children are killed, the elders are killed, moms are killed, dads are killed, families are killed. And they say, where is God? Well, I want to tell you, beloved, God gave all of the earth over to man when he created Adam. Adam had authority in the earth. And Adam created, Adam uh, not only created, but not created rather, but Adam Adam uh, uh, committed, the words I'm looking for, Adam committed high treason. He knew not to take partake of the fruit that Eve offered him. He knew it was against God's will and it was not what God had given him as being the man, as being uh, the firstborn, the first creator of God in the earth. And because he did, he gave all his authority over to the wicked one. And when he did that, Satan, who hates mankind, he despises anyone that will give God glory, that will give God praise, that will worship the God of heaven and the earth, who, again, revealed himself through his son, Jesus. He hates us. He hates all of us because he knows that we have something that he does not. We have relationship with God and we have eternity on the inside of us. When God saved us, he gave us his spirit. Therefore, we know, the, uh, as they say, as what was written here, uh, the, the, the unknown God, we know him as a loving God. We know him as Jesus Christ, the, our Lord and our Savior, our King. He who is, who was, and who is to come. We know him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We know him as the, the, our Redeemer, our Lover, our Shepherd, our Friend. Can you imagine, and as we all as believers should, and even unbelievers, 
The Bible says, let every, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Those that are under the earth, upon the earth, and in the heavens. In the last day, the Bible says that every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even the wicked one will confess that Christ is Lord, that he is God. He is the ruler uh, among men. He is the one. And as Paul spoke to these, spoke to these uh, Athenians, he began to tell them that you worship ignorantly, and I have come to declare him unto you. And this is what I say to you, beloved. We must go back to the Bible. We must go back to studying it and reading it. And this is why Satan desired to take the Bible out of the schools, because a knowledge of God is power. If the world has it, it, it had a phrase back in the 80s and 90s, and even to now, that, that knowledge is power. Whosoever has the knowledge, has the power, has the authority. Whosoever in this country, whenever you create an invention and you create a new work and a new tool or a new invention, that's something called a patent. And if you get that patent, which says that whatever you created is unique, you have the ability that everybody that chooses to use this new product or this new tool or this new creation, they got to pay uh, a patent, patent fees to you because this is something that you created and you only have that for, for a certain number of years. But see, what I want to tell you, beloved, is that we have a God that has empowered us. We have a God that gave us authority, that the God that revealed himself in the word, the God that desires to show you. He wants to show you that he is the healer. He wants to show you that he's more than just the God, uh, uh, that's just the words on the page, but he is the power in the word. The Bible says in the uh, book of Psalms 107 and 20, it says he sent his word and healed them, meaning that when the word was spoken, it has the ability to heal you. It has the ability to heal me. And if we will mix that word with faith, we will see miracles, signs, and wonders as they were done then, they are being done now, and they will be done in the future. So as we read on now, we go to the uh, 24th verse. It says, God that has made the worlds and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things. God has made of one blood all nations. All of us came from Adam. And man had the ability that when all of us, you know, beneath this brown skin, white skin, tan skin, whatever your color, whatever your, out, your outer shell is, whatever color that may be, on the inside of it, when we get down to the DNA, you can track us all back, all the way back to Adam. But beloved, what I'm here to tell you today is that we all should come, must come to know that God has sent his son in the name, in the presence of Jesus Christ. God presented himself. The Bible says in Colossians that he was the fullness of God, of the Godhead bodily. All that God is. No, Jesus didn't come and display all of it. We couldn't, the earth couldn't contain all that God had to offer, but it was housed in that body that Jesus came to the earth in. He came through Mary. Mary couldn't have contained all of all of uh, all of all of God, but she contained the the Word. That's how God came. He came with a Word. Oh, the Word 
came up, uh, came to Mary. And because Mary agreed to it, she said, be it unto me as you have spoken. And that baby, that seed from God was conceived in her womb and she birthed the word of God. And this is what Paul is seeking to tell them is that God, not only did God uh, create the, the, the first Adam, but the second Adam has come and he has come to unite us and show us who God is. And he goes on to say in the 27th verse that you, that we should seek the Lord if happy they may feel after him. See, we must, you know, man looks with his eyes, you know, and uh, there's a saying in this country that, you know, uh, from the state of Missouri that, you know what, I'm from the show me state. If you show me, I'll believe. But Jesus said, if you believe my words, then I will show you. Because this generation wants a sign. They want, you know, I got to see something. You know, if, if I won't, but Jesus is saying, believe me. Believe me. Believe what I say unto you. And yes, he will also manifest. But if you can believe his word, it will activate faith. For faith is the currency that we must, how we deal with God. The book of Hebrews says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So when we interact with God, as the scripture says, for it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So in other words, to, to deal with God and, and to bring forth manifestations of what God has said, we've got to present to him faith. And when you, bring, when you present to God faith, he brings forth manifestations of those things which he's already created. God has created everything that you will ever need. I mean, Apostle Paul Apostle Peter said that he's given us all things that pertain to life. That means every physical thing, every healing, every deliverance, every answer that you will ever need. God has here now. He's already provided it for you. Only thing we have to do is to present to him our faith. And he will bring forth manifestation. You know, we don't, it doesn't make God, faith doesn't make God move. God's already done what he's, what he's going to do. Every healing, every deliverance, every answer, every prophecy, every word is already manifested in God. What we are already finished in God, the manifestation will come when we speak the word, when we grab hold by faith and we seize it. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. In other words, they use their faith so that they can bring down to the earth. The Bible says that we now sit, we the believer can now sit in heavenly places. We can now dwell by faith in the heavens. We can endure, we can enjoy what's in heaven down here on earth. I know some through tradition say, well, you know what? In the sweet by and by, I'm going to have my mansion and that is all well and good. But Jesus spoke of a hundredfold blessing down here. See, these things are being are hidden from us. Habakkuk 4 6, Habakkuk uh, 4 6 says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. It's the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding. It's the lack of knowing that God has revealed himself. That God is, is a loving God. He's a, he's, a, he's a God that has entrusted all of heaven, all of our eternity. He invested into Jesus. If Jesus would have failed, there, be no, there was no hope for us. If Jesus wouldn't have gotten up out the ground, there was no hope for us. Because he spoke all of these things. And if anything that he said 
could have been proven then or can be proven now, then all of the Bible is a lie. I'm going to say that again. If Jesus, if anything in the scriptures that Jesus spoke can be proven, not just said is not true, but can be proven that it was a lie, then all of it's a lie. Because Jesus says, I'm the truth. You cannot be true and both a lie. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. I am the way to heaven. I am the way to God. And this is why he was hated. This is why Satan desires to uh, take the Bible out of us. Oh, he's uh, uh, burning up a Bible is, is, is one thing. But if he can, st if he can uh, bring forth doubt in, and unbelief into us and make us doubt what God has already done, make us refuse, make us reject, and make us uh, uh, walk in unbelief. But if we, as people of God, would just meditate on what God has already done, Meditate on what he said. Know him as Lord and as Savior. Know him, as David said in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 23. This is what David said over in Psalms 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Did you hear what he said? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. A, a shepherd is like a guardian. He's a father. That's what a shepherd is. The shepherd, uh, he, 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 he guides, he leads, he comforts, he feeds. He does all of these things for the sheep. Many herdsmen uh, say that you know if in between the cattle and the sheep, they say the sheep is probably one of the dumbest animals there is. Because they'll go into the, with that thick coat on, if they go into the mud, they'll drown. If they go into a, 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 a fast river or whatever, they'll drown. Because all of that wool on them will take them under. But David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God wants to take you to a place of peace. Even in the midst of, of, of gangs, in the midst of drug abuse, in the midst of poverty, I don't care where you are, in the midst of the a very war, God can take you to a place of peace where you say, you know what? All these things are going around, on around me. But Father, I trust you. I trust that you will lead me. I trust that you will guide me. I trust that you will show me the way. And no weapon that formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, I shall condemn. And that last stanza of that verse uh, in, in Isaiah 54, it means that I have got to rise up by faith and not only know through grace God has already done it, but by faith I proclaim it. And I cash my uh, faith check by giving it to God and say, Lord, I believe in what you said. You are the God of more than enough. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are you are the God of of uh, a God of the God of peace. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are our God. You are our shepherd, and we trust you, and we believe within our heart and receive within ourselves that everything you said, that everything you promised, is already done. Much more to say on this subject here, and I pray that you heard. And these words ring true to you, that God is not the God of yesterday. He's not as the other gods who faded away, who found out only to be a, a, a stone uh, figure or a figment of someone's imagination that's empty, that uh, cannot perform, is impotent. But God is the God of more than enough. 
And this is what he said as we close out today in Isaiah 43. Go to Isaiah 43 and 9. I'm just going to read this as we close. He says, all the, Isaiah 43, let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled who among, for who among them can declare this and show us former things. In other words, he said, who can look into the past? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is true. Tenth verse said, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have cho chosen, that ye may know and believe and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God form, neither shall there be after me. Eleventh verse says, I, even I am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, I have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you, therefore ye are my witness, says the Lord, that I am God. And the last verse says, Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? In other words, who going to stop me? Because he's God. He's not the unknown God, but he is the God that revealed him. Self in Jesus Christ. The Bible says these three are one over in, over in uh, John, the epistles of John 1, 2, and 3. He is the God that loves. He is the God of love. He is the God that is love. And I pray that you receive something out of this today. But you again go back to your the scriptures and just read about how he has delivered us, kept us, and most of all, he has delivered us from all of our iniquities. Father, we pray for those who have stayed with us today to hear the conclusion of this word. We pray, Lord, that their hearts would be encouraged. That they, Lord, would seek after you, feel after you. And they may know you, Lord, as God, as a God of more than enough. I pray for those who are not saved, Lord. This word, O oh Lord, would, 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 Lord, touch that spot in their heart that you know you prepared for them. I pray, Lord God, that there be a hunger in them and they will seek after you. And we pray for all our all those fellow believers who are, we are still here, Lord. You said there will be a remnant that would remain. Lord, we are here. We remain, God, and we look to see you in the sky, Lord. For we believe that you are coming soon. We pray these things in Jesus' name. I pray that you all will join me again on Journeys in Faith.